You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rainer Roberts. Our current serial is of Knives and Night Blooms. Chapter 15 Going Back to Pandemonium. The further south they went, the busier the River Divine became. River traffic was so thick that the silken hair had to slow to a crawl, barely faster than walking pace. It was already getting dark, and they had yet to reach the frisky foxglove, the tavern that was their intended berth for the night. Dio found a corner far back on the deck so he could eat his spiced cabbage rice and sweet-fried eel in relative peace. There was a wild, jangling tension between his fellow passengers, and he wanted nothing to do with it. Let Calix and Icaros glower resentfully at each other, while Valeria and Mardi sniped under their breath. Let Nimaway sulk and sigh. He wanted no part of their drama. He was ready for all this to be over so his real life could begin. He wanted... He wanted the pretty man with dark eyes who had apparently lost all interest in stalking their boat. He wanted some idea of what his future held. Dio was used to not getting what he wanted. Right now, all he wanted was to eat this tasty eel and rice without being dragged into someone else's shit. As he lifted a particularly delicious-looking morsel to his mouth, a shadow fell over him. Dio Taurus, said Valeria, looming over him like the extraordinarily beautiful edged weapon that she was. You're coming with me. Dio chewed, swallowed, barely tasted. Where? he asked. Also, why and how? Why me? came to mind, but he didn't voice that particular lament. She flashed her teeth at him in a vicious smile. Don't you want adventure in your life? No, maybe. How was answered for Dio before where or why? Valeria had no compunction about stealing a rowboat again, and even less compunction about making Dio do the rowing. How are you able to do this, he asked her, without, you know, and he mimicked throwing up daffodils. I'm doing this for Calix, Valeria said serenely, to serve and protect. She doesn't need to know everything I do, as long as it's entirely in her interest. Dio pulled on the oars, and that works, does it? Her smile looked rather fixed. Behind it, her teeth were gritted. So far, you should try the same. Dio considered it briefly, then shrugged. Everything I do is in her interest. I don't need to fake it. I'm not faking it. She sagged and took a few deep breaths. I'm fine. We're fine. This is all about keeping Calix safe. Must be, he agreed cheerfully. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got this far. There were a few other tiny boats like theirs on the river. More so now that night was falling, mostly loaded with merrymakers moving between larger barges and river yachts, or heading for better amusements on dry land. Even if Valeria had her best interests at heart, Calix would probably be displeased about this. 
It gave him a scratchy feeling in the back of his head, like an orchestra playing ominous music from a long way away. Dio still didn't know why, but he was starting to get a sense for where. Nearly all of the small boats and some of the large were heading in the same direction, and it wasn't towards the frisky foxglove. Are we going to pandemonium? he asked. Look at you, said Valeria, with a smile that might have been warm, or seemed warm, if she were a stranger. I keep forgetting you're a local. Somewhere along the way, she had traded in the plain dress she used to pretend she was a laundress back at the Blooming Cup. She now wore a long, detailed black coat with soft blacks underneath. A line of silver embroidery that looked like Marty's work called attention to the fact that Valeria's decolletage was what his aunties would call barely decent. As they got closer to the better lit side of the river, with lanterns and hissing gas lamps hung along the dock. Dio could see that Valeria had lined her eyes and lips too, with something that made her look extra glamorous, extra dangerous. I've left my club gear at home, he said helpfully. You'll want me to stay in the boat. Oh no, said Valeria, with another smile, this one hungry. I have many plans for this evening, stowaway. One is to watch you dance. I didn't stow away anywhere, Dio protested. Technically, I'm a kidnap victim. He was still wearing the same clothes he'd been sleeping in when that first kidnap occurred. Several days on board a boat with very basic washing facilities had not improved them any. Yes, Valeria mused. You should play the victim when the Divine King's guards finally catch up with us. Good call. Wait, said Dio. What guards? Dio's aunties, without exception, disapproved of pandemonium, even harder than they disapproved of low-cut gowns, shirtless men, teen marriages, and the growing trend of buying your meats and fishes from the markets already marinated and spiced. Dio had visited the club a few times back in the day, despite the high cover charge. This was the sort of thing you did when you were a student and you had mates with adventurous tastes. He'd allowed himself to make friends when he was first training up for the vigils exam, before those same friends all qualified and left him behind. It hadn't occurred to him to save his money back then. It never occurred to him that he would fail first time and second and third. The first time he'd ever kissed another man was in a back room of this particular establishment, as the thumping music and perfumed scents overwhelmed his senses. Later, he'd briefly worked for a merchant's wife, who had a side business of hiring out male escorts to her friends for glamorous parties and other outings. Parties at Pandemonium had, for a month or two, been an intrinsic part of Dio's life. Stepping back into the darkened, glamorous club at Valeria's side, he recalled the night he was chased out of here by a husband who had not approved of how his wife was spending her pin money. That was the third time in his short life that Dio had almost drowned in the River Divine. "'You seem tense, dear,' murmured Valeria. "'Act like you own the place.' "'I don't think that'd make me relax,' Dio muttered in return. 
The financial margins on a business like this are surprisingly small. She gave him a scornful look over her shoulder. Follow me, look pretty, say nothing. That he could do. Dio was not even surprised when Valeria went directly to Laniet, the glamorous hostess of Pandemonium. She was a slender woman with very dark skin, garbed in a tailored suit designed for a man. Thin pinstripes pricked at the satin sleeves all the way to the cuffs and down her long legs. Laniet's hair was cut short, though it wasn't all that startling after spending so much time around the shaven heads of Calix and Nimoy. Valeria, purred Laniet. She lounged in a booth lined with velvet cushions. It had a good view of the cabaret floor show and the ten-piece band playing sultry music. From this booth, Laniet could see every corner of the club, despite the flickering lanterns. Lovely to see you. It's been forever, agreed Valeria. The two women kissed on the mouth, and then Valeria settled into the booth as if they were old friends. Laniet glanced only briefly at Dio, who had slipped into his guard stance. Not bad, she said, looking him up and down. Not like you to travel with protection, Val. Where's that deadly husband of yours? Poisoned him, said Valeria. Not entirely. He'll survive. You're losing your touch. The women laughed as they shared the joke. Aren't you one of Callista's boys? asked Lanyard, glancing back at Dio. He stood even more to attention at the name of his former employer, but shook his head. Must have one of those faces, ma'am. Callista's not here tonight, said Laniot, clearly amused by him. Even more amused when Dio let a little of his relief show in his face. Oh dear, I hope she didn't do you any lasting damage. Laniot, said Valeria, sipping from a glass that had been handed to her by some silent servant hovering nearby. I need some information. Coming out and asking for it right away, Laniot pouted. That's no fun. I'd expect at least an hour of flirting around the topic first. No time, my dear, I'm on a job. No one I know. No one you care about. But I'm a touch concerned. Valeria scooched around the booth, so her body folded against Laniot, half buried in the cushions. She leaned in and whispered intimately into the other woman's ear. After a moment, Laniot's mouth broke into a long, thoughtful smile, and she started whispering back. "'Are we done?' Dio asked, as they moved through the spiralling, colourful club again. Valeria leaned on his arm, draping herself across him. They were still the most chaste couple in here. Bodies writhed and danced and touched and slithered all around them. Lamps in all colours swung from all angles, sending a kaleidoscope of shadows, colours and rainbows against the silhouetted customers, all finding excuses to touch each other. Dio almost took a wrong turn into a giant silk wig on the head of an opera singer with two semi-naked men cradled to her bosom. This way, Valeria hissed and tugged on his arm. Back to the boat. I thought you wanted to watch me dance. 
Under normal circumstances, dear heart, I'd be delighted to watch you dance for my amusement, Valeria assured him. But we'd better not waste any time. He didn't ask if she had what she needed. Valeria would only tell him what she wanted him to know, in their own time. You want to go back before Calix finds out we sneaked out? No, said Valeria with a throaty laugh. I want to get out of here fast because Lanyard drugged me. If you don't get me into that rowboat soon, I might start killing people. She tipped back her head, still smiling, and he saw that her pupils were violently enlarged and a brilliant disturbing shade of glowing emerald green. It's not a drug, Dio breathed. You must have been dosed with some kind of magic. Oh, said Valeria, her smile widening. That's so much worse. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. This podcast was recorded on Palawa land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional and continuing custodians of Lutruwita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week.